Please turn with me in your Bibles to Song of Solomon, chapter 2, please. Song of Solomon, chapter 2. Verse 3 and 4. We'll look at that today. As the apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. These scriptures are sort of a metaphor for the church, for Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church. He is the apple tree. The ones that sat down under that tree for shade, for refuge and comfort, and then for fruit are God's people. So I want us to use that this morning in the few minutes we have to worship from his word. And I have so enjoyed this service so far. Thank you so much, all of you that have participated, and that you that are being able to be present with us today. My title of my message is Home Sweet Home. It's under the theme of the sweet by and by. And it just happened to fall on our homecoming, the second message of this series. Home Sweet Home. You know what makes a house a home is the emotional attachment. It's the place that you have all the treasures of your life. You can be yourself. It's where truth is, is displayed. Sure, there's a lot of hurt there. There's some openness and some reality that you've got to face. It's a place, too, where you find your strength. It's not a place that you stay all the time. You just rest there, you eat and you visit and you love there and, and then you go out and you face the challenges of your work and your life and all of that. And so the church is related to that. In fact, the church is the model to all that. Though God did establish the, for the visible church uh, after he established the family, the home and the family in Genesis we know. So I want to talk about that today relative to our great celebration here at the Statesboro Primitive Baptist Church or called Homecoming. And it's good to know you can always go home. It's good to know that we have a home. You know, it's been amazing to me in my ministry here how many people that have joined the church uh, in joining the church have talked to me and, and, and discussing their, their feelings about the church. Uh, it wasn't so much um, their theology that was so very much expressed. It was this, and time and time again it was said, this place feels like a home to me. It feels like home. And you know, that's what a church ought to be. It ought to be a place that feels like home. It ought to be a place that feels like a place that you can be all right. That it's, it's a sweet place. And I'm not talking about donuts and Twinkies. I'm talking about the sweetness of life, of, of having your soul at ease, of having a situation where you just feel good about it. Doesn't mean you don't have to hurt. Doesn't mean that you're going to not be disappointed. But it means that, you know, there's a sweetness about it. Is the church sweet to you? I wonder. Sometimes we think about in the Protestant religions of the world today 
how church is just sort of, you know, I can take it or leave it kind of deal. Uh, it's not really that sweet. Uh, we don't really have to have the church, do we? Well, you know, if we look at scriptures, we can see the necess- necessity of it. I think about the world and the mess that we're in in so many places. Maybe it's because we forgot what we're supposed to do on Sunday. Maybe, just maybe, we have forgot what the church is all about, that it is the body of Christ, that Christ is the head of it, and that he shed his blood for the church. And he loves the church, and he gave himself for the church, according to Ephesians 5, that he might present it to himself without a wrinkle or a spot. Oh, home sweet home. So I want to think about that today in a few minutes we have together. I want to say four things quickly as I can at least. But don't think you're going to get out of here at 10.30 or 11.30. You're probably not. But we're going to stay down here and eat dinner anyway so you can hang around a little bit longer, can't you? And let's celebrate this home sweet home together. One of the things I want to say about this, and I think we can see from these verses, is that home sweet home, when you're talking about the church, uh, we're going to see God's presence. That's what makes it sweet. Anything in life, God can sweeten it. No matter what you're having to deal with, Jesus has a way of making it sweet. And the thing about the sweetness that we need of making things bearable, making life taste better. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Have you tasted the Lord? You know, I wonder sometimes if we haven't tasted so much of the world that we've become, we've lost our taste, kind of like COVID does, you know. We've lost our taste for God. And so we need to be stirred up. You know, sugar will settle if you just leave it in a glass of cold, sweet uh, tea. Uh, But you got to stir it up. Well, that's what the church is about. So let's ask God to stir our hearts today. So I want to see the sweetness of God. So I want to think about God's presence. Uh, I want to think about, too, what makes the church sweet is it's God's plan. The church is not man's idea. Now, we've tried to mess with that a little bit and and create all kind of denominations and user-friendly and places to make the unchurched feel comfortable, but that's not the church. That's not God's plan. And so what makes it sweet is knowing that it's God's plan and knowing, too, that it's not only God's plan, that it's God's pattern. The church is God's pattern for purity and for his presence to be manifest. That's what the church is about. It's not just something that we can take it or leave it. It's not a place that we go to to increase our status. It's not a place we go so that we can sell more real estate or to be noticed by people. It's not that. And then lastly, you know, I want to think about how precious this church is, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So first of all, we think about God's presence. Now, when I think about the church and the home sweet home, we notice that in this text, there's an apple tree among the trees of the wood. There's a lot of trees out there, but there's one that looks different, and that's the apple tree. And there's a lot of buildings and a lot of places in the world, but there are ones that look different, and it's called the church, okay? 
Now, I remember, some of you can't relate to this probably, growing up on the farm, you know, we had to work and we had to uh, work in the fields a lot, and particularly in the summers. And uh, so I remember as a young teenager, I had an eye for spotting a wild plum tree on a fence row. Now, I could find that, that fun, that the first thing I did when I turned in a field to plow soybeans, I can still remember, was looking around to see if there's a plum tree anywhere. And they used to grow wild. They did. You know, you could find plum trees. And man, if I could find a plum tree, you see a lot of trees around there, but I could tell that was a tree where I was going to be able to get something good. And that's how a church ought to be. And so I could plow and plow and, and pull citron vines off the cultivator, but I knew that at the end of the row that I was going to be able to find something that I could have a plum tree. I could have something to look forward to. You see, God always gives us something to look forward to. The truth is, we ought to be so vigilant, we ought to be so interested in God's church that all during the week we ought to look forward to worship. We ought to say, God created me a desire to worship you. And you know what? If we quit complaining about what was wrong and we started looking at what was right, we would be a little bit more attitudinal in a positive way when we come to sit down under the shadow of God's church. So we see here the presence of God, this apple tree. And amongst all this was different. And so he comes, notice that the order, he's, the first thing he did was see, I've got to have some shade. See, it's not, see a church, what makes a church sweet, it's not so, so much that you've got some fancy uh, preacher or some, some gifted charismatic guy that can sit up there and, and tell stories and make you feel good and, and so intellectual that you just amaze. What makes a church feel a sweet is the shadow, the, the fellowship, okay? The fellowship. I learned something years ago. I've shared with some of you about the church and what makes it sweet. I remember when I was over the Lake Primitive Baptist Church and I remember preaching there. And I remember there was a man that came there so often. His name was Brother Dewberry Edenfield. And he was up in his 90s and he was so faithful to come and visit with us. And I remember one day I was preaching there and I remember seeing Brother Dewberry in the back. He'd always sit in the back of the church. And he was just weeping that day. Tears were flowing down his eyes. And I said, you know, to myself, I was preaching, and this is how preachers do. I said, you know, to myself, I must be really preaching today. <laughs> you know, this guy's weeping. And so I couldn't wait till the service was over to get to the back of the church, see what he had to say about my great sermon. And I remember getting there, and, and I remember waiting to, to just be lifted up. And, and Brother Dewberry come up to me, and he was drying his eyes, and he said, Brother Randy, I want you to know, I just love coming to this church and being with these people, but I cannot hear anything you say. <laughs> I can't hear words you say was his words. I remember that. I never forgot that. Why? Because that, that man had a feeling about being with God's people. You know, 1 John 3, 14 says, one of the ways we know that we're saved is not necessarily that we pray the Lord's Prayer, that we've accepted Jesus. The, the way you want to know you're saved is the sweetness of the church because 1 John 3, 14 says, 
We know that we pass from death into life because we love the brethren. We love being with God's people. And I want you to know I love you and I thank you for loving me and my family and the love that you've shown to so many. I'm talking about there is nothing more powerful. There's not. But, but the church is about God's presence. And the church has always been a place uh, where the house of the Lord is precious. Even in the Old Testament, the, the tabernacle, the, the temple. What were that for? It was to manifest the presence of the Lord. The expressed presence of the Lord and the experimental presence of the Lord. That's what makes life sweet. Without God, we won't have any sweetness. It's a place that we can have refuge. Now, you're going to have grace and the sweetness of it, or you're going to have to deal with the wrath of God. And the church is where we come in Jesus' name to be shielded from the wrath of God because what Jesus did for us, he is that precious to us. And so we see that, and we see also in the New Testament, Jesus Christ, the incarnate God. Certainly, without question, manifest the presence of God. But here's what I want to say to you all. You are the church because you now are the temple of the, God, of the living God. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit resides in you. You are the temple of the living God. And the church is still being built as a work in progress. And so are you and me. So God lives in you. What a blessing to know that your presence of God, when you look around this congregation, you're looking at the church. You're looking at, at home sweet home, the Holy Spirit. Now here's the deal. If you can't live with yourself, you can't live with nobody else. You've got to be able to live with yourself. How sweet is that in you, living your, with yourself? If you can't live with yourself, you can't live with God because in Him we live and move and have our being. I remember, again, I was thinking about when I was growing up. One of my jobs when I got my driver's license was in the summers when we were picking tobacco and hoeing peanuts. I drove around the community, and we had people that we called to help. They would help us. And you just go to their house, and they'd come out and help you. So they would say, Randy, go get the help. And I'd go get them. And on our conversations, I still remember some of them. I'd say, uh, well, where do you live? And they would say, well, I stay, I stay uh, over there at Denmark, just down from Mr. Cribb's place, or something like that. You know, I stay. That's why I still remember that. Now, that might not have been proper English, but it's good theology. Because here's what it is, the presence of the God. What makes home sweet home is that's a place you stay. And what I, what I mean is, I might live in different places, and so might you, but we need to stay in God. See, don't get away from God, because that's where you stay. Because that is where your strength comes from, the presence of God. So I want you to see with me that what makes home sweet home, what makes the church sweet church, is that you have the Spirit of God. That's what God has given you. It's the gift of eternal life. So then you have the Spirit of God in you. Don't say, well, I'm not good as old so-and-so, or what have I done? I've done this. No, no. Jesus has taken a care of that on the cross. Your sin debt has been completely paid for. You are a saint of God. 
Now, I know that doesn't sound right because I know more than anybody in here what a sinner I am. But I want you to know what Jesus has done for you. He has made you home sweet home. He has given you everything you need to strengthen you and to make you that witness that God has called you to be. And what a blessing when we magnify that in the church where people come together collectively. You can see then the experience of God's presence. That's why it's important that we come to church. I did a funeral recently with uh, Brother Bill Cohen, who is a pastor and was the music director for many years at First Baptist. And he and I were sitting in the fellowship hall, and he told me this just right out of the blue. I've been thinking about it ever since. He says, you know, Brother Randy, the community, Statesboro, Georgia, needs this church. Now, that was kind of amazing to me for him to say that. You know, why does the community need the church? Because that is where the strength, that is where the fiber, that is where the truth of God, not only this church but others, but, but if this is one, did God get the glory for it? Because that's what the presence of God does. Let us all pray that this place will always be a place where the Spirit of God is felt and manifest. But that's what makes it sweet, the sweetness of God's holy presence. I want to say secondly that we have a plan. Notice from this text, this apple tree standing in the woods. So is my beloved among the sons. Seems like there was a plan made there. Do you know the church is a plan of God? It's a sweet plan too. See, the church again is God's idea. The church was made or, or instituted with God. You know when? Before he created anything. God designed the church. Did you hear me how sweet it is? 2 Timothy 1.9 says that he saved us. Notice the order of this. And he called us. Saved you first, then he calls you. Not by the works of righteousness that we have done. Why? Because we haven't done any. God says we're not righteous, no, not one. There's none seek after God. None do on their own. You won't come to God unless God brings you to him. You hear me? That's sweetness to me, okay? That is grace magnified, multiplied. That's what God has done. But he says he saved us and called us not according to our works of righteousness, but because of Jesus Christ, the righteousness that was in Jesus Christ that was given to us before the world began. Romans 8, 28, we love that verse. Sweet verse. All things work together for good. Them that are called according, them that, that love the Lord, them that are called according to his purpose. As that happen? Verse 29 and 30 tells us, well, we've been predestinated to be conformed to the image of, the, of Jesus Christ. Moreover, whom did he call? Then he also justified. Then he justified. Then he also glorified. That is the plan of the church. You hear me? So if you're here today, this is what's so sweet, and you believe Jesus died for your sins, and you believe that you're a believer in Christ. And I didn't say that your life was perfect. But if you believe that, and you're a child of God, and you are, but I want you to know that you, don't, you didn't get that way because you're smarter than somebody else. 
You got that way because God chose you before the foundation of the world. God chose you. I was thinking this morning, I almost got misty. I'd order wept, really, if God's grace had let me. God chose me knowing every sin I would commit. Man, that is sweet. I don't know about you, but the doctrine of election, which this church stands for, and that magnifies the grace of God, that's the sweetest doctrine that can ever be. Because without that, I couldn't make it. Without that, I wouldn't get into heaven. If it was based on me getting good enough or accepting Jesus or trying to outrun the devil till I die, I mean, how bad and bitter would that be? How many times I fail right now? But see, God's plan of the church is not going to fail. Jesus Christ personally guaranteed in Matthew 16 when he asked Peter, who do you say that I am? He says, thou art Jesus, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to Peter, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, Barjona, Simon, Simon Barjona, whichever. Flesh and blood does not reveal that to you. It's sweeter than that. My Father in heaven, he's revealed that to you. He said, Upon this, that revelation, I will build my church. Jesus is building the church, he's building your life. And sometimes he's got to take some things away to build it the way he wants it and needs to be. Jesus is building your life. He's building his church. And he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now that Hades is, is death. The church will never die. As long as this earth is, it doesn't matter what COVID does. It doesn't matter what the CDC says or president or, or the Congress or the Supreme Court. As long as this earth stands, they will be a church. You hear me? And not only that, the church will be triumphant. In the end, the church wins, okay? It's not about politics. It's about the shed blood of Jesus Christ and what Jesus personally guarantees. Until then, you and I need to be hunkering down. And we say, what? I'm going to press home toward Lord. I'm going to be a witness that God has given me. And I'm going to make this church myself as a temple of the body. I'm not much, but I'm going to give it to the church. I'm going to present myself a living sacrifice and I'm going to ask God to use me and bless me. It's the plan of God. I'll tell you, there's parents in the world today that's standing, starting to stand against the uh, counterculture, situations in our life. It's time the church started. You know, I think about the truth. But in the world today, in most places, if you're going to be a faithful Christian, if you're going to be a church that stands for the truth, and you proclaim the truth, you will be considered a terrorist. You hear me? And we need to be understanding that we're going to be ready for that. And we ought to be. We ought to be terrorists for the truth. We should not be able to let the world shake us and move us. The tail does not wag the dog. It doesn't. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I saw uh, Elder Craig Lanier the other day. We passed him uh, in, a, in a restaurant. He pastored the Rosemary Primitive Baptist Church. At one time in his life, he was, he was very active in politics. Very capable young man in the state government. And I remember telling him there in the restaurant, I said, Craig, I said, you know, I know you like preaching and all that, but we sure need men like you in the government. He told me this. He said, well, you know, Brother Randy, I have a higher calling. 
higher calling. Come on, the church. This is the greatest institution that's ever been, the church. Do not belittle it. You don't talk about the church. When you do, you're talking about somebody's wife. And I'll get along with everybody in here pretty good you start talking about my wife. Jesus Christ says his church is his bride. We need to magnify that and bless it. I appreciate you, Brother Gerald Whitaker, and your family here today. Brother Gerald says he's been coming here 67 years. And he said this, he says, you know, Brother Randy, I didn't ask him for it. He says, when I come to church, I come to meet God. Is that what you come for? I mean, that's what we ought to come for. That's somebody that comes with that attitude is not going to be complaining because they don't sing right or somebody prays too long or the preacher does this or that or somebody don't speak to them. They're coming to see God. See, that's what makes it sweet. So I just want to say that, see, see the church is home sweet home and because not only is this apple tree in the wood, it's, it's the presence of God. It's there. It has roots. It's growing and it's bearing fruit, both shade and fruit. See, after they get to the shade, they get to the fruit. But the shade comes first. And then we see that, that there's a plan there. It's got to be. God's plan, the church. John 6, 37 says, He that comes to me, or all that the Father gives to me, shall come to me. He that comes to me, I shall no wise cast out. A sweet to me. He says in that 41st verse of that chapter of John, he says, no man comes to me except the Father which in heaven drawing. Man, that's sweet. I mean, there's no, there's no shallowness. You can fake a lot of people. There's a lot of people sitting in pews that's going to be shocked to see their end results. It's not just going to church. It's understanding that's a home sweet home and the sweetness of God's presence the sweetness of God's plan. And then thirdly, that this church is a pattern. It's a pattern for purity. I want to say to you, ladies and gentlemen, what you see in heaven, what's going on in heaven, is going to be the only other place that's going to be likened to what goes on in heaven. You know where that's going to be? It's not going to be in Washington, D.C. It's not going to be over there at Starbucks. It's not. You know where it's going to be? It's going to be in a church. Because the church, Jesus says when you pray in Matthew 6, he says you pray, the Father's will be done. That's, that's, you don't hear that in politics today. I mean, it's what my party's about. It's what somebody's done wrong, but when we get to the church, we see there manifest that this is a place where the Father's will is to be done. And we don't have to say, well, you know, invite somebody to the church. And they say, well, you know, I, I'll go if the Lord's willing. You don't have to ask that. He's willing. He says, forsake not their assembling of themselves as a matter of some is. Much more as you see the day coming. See, it's a pattern. That's what the church is. Jesus went to church. Luke chapter 4, he went to church. Why did he go? Not to be a child of God, because he, but, but because he was. Same reason he was baptized. What a blessing, how sweet it is. You know, I, all these, uh, you know, situations in the world, you know, we say, how in the world can we get people to come to church? So let's make a church, let's, let's serve coffee and donuts, and, and let's get in here and let's, let's make the music right, put smoke on the stage. We just want everybody to feel calm, comfortable. Do all you can do. 
be, be, just be yourself. Just come, just come, and uh, you know we don't want to. Let's let's make this. Let's outreach the unchurched. I want to tell you, God says in His Word, without holiness in Hebrews twelve, no person will see God. You hear me? Nobody. So somebody that comes to church, and the unchurched that comes to church, and they say, "Well, I like that place." There's something wrong. There's something wrong. I had a guy one time leave this church. Broke my heart. I went and met with him over at Snooky's breakfast. I want to know why. Guy said, you know what? You just preach too much about sin. That's what he told me. I didn't know what to say. It still grieved me about it, but I'm going to tell you this. Lately, I've been saying, yeah, that guy paid me the greatest compliment ever could tell me. I'm going to tell you, if a church is all the church is about to do is make you feel good about yourself and be comfortable in your sin, it's not the pattern God gave the church for. What we need to understand, we need to confess our sins and understand how we're going to do that by God's Spirit and coming to the understanding that I'm a sinner and that Jesus is my Savior. And that's the sweetness of repentance. You ever, have you not ever got on your knees? Has sin ever convicted you and you got on your knees and you confessed that and God flushed you with an with a amazing grace and you just knew that God had forgiven you and you get up and what a blessed feeling that is. Man, that's sweet. But you know, when you go out of here and you say, well, you know, I'm not quite where I need to be and, and I don't know, uh, God's just not hit me yet. I mean, that's a dangerous that's dangerous. That's what Satan loves. He wants to think religion is okay. As long as I'm going to church, religious, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to tell you, make sure it fits the pattern because that's the only sweetness that you're going to find. Praising God. That's what the church is about. Praising God. That's what Revelation 4 is about. Uh, the cherubims and the beasts, all they're praising God. That's what the church needs to be. It's the pattern. And then lastly, and the only other thing I say, we, we see this. He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. So we see, lastly, that the church being sweet is so precious. Do you know why it's precious, or it ought to be? Because it, it's the highest price ever been paid for anything, the church. Acts 20, 28 says that, that it was bought by the blood of Jesus. First Peter talks about it as a church that, that, that we've been bought not with silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus. It's precious. And it ought to be precious to us in our way. You know, the 23rd Psalm is a precious psalm. But it's talking about church. It's talking about home. And it's a trick from beginning to end of, of a shepherd and a sheep. And they have they have. Paths of righteousness to trek. They have uh, places to lay down by the by the still waters, and and they have the shadow valley of the shadow of death, and the goodness and mercy of the Lord that follows them. But it all ends up in home, and ultimately the sweetest home we can ever be is heaven, and we're going there. In fact, we're almost home, and oh, how sweet it ought to be that we can bless God in knowing that he has prepared a place for us. Jesus said that. Let not your heart be troubled in John 14. 
I go to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, he says, I would have told you. But if I go, I will come. Jesus is coming back. And what a blessing it is to see that. You know, that word uh, church is really from the word ham in in the old English, which means a gathering of people. That's what the church is. That's what makes it sweet. Oh, it's precious. I pray that it would be precious to all of us to know that we have a place, a church home, a place to come. Then also that as we as believers are, are churches in a sense in our own self, the temple of the Lord, the Spirit of God. God has made us that way and blessed. I pray that God would bless us to, uh, to be motivated, to be inspired, as he's given us a desire for him that we grow in the church. You know, in 2 Corinthians 8, 5, there's a verse that I tried to study a while back where, where the apostle is talking about they gave themselves to the Lord and then to the church. That is the perfect order. Have you given yourself to God? Have you surrendered every one of your doubts and fears, your sin? Have you given it to God? Are you trying to figure it out yourself? I'm going to tell you, I haven't had much luck with that. I haven't much, much success with trying to figure things out, of trying to combat sin myself and saying, I'm not going to do that anymore, because I end up doing it. See, what we need is to see the preciousness of the banqueting house of love that God has brought us. That's what the prodigal saw. That's what he saw when he says, in my father's house, I can go back. I'm going back to my father. And he was going back under no terms, but he was going as he was. And he was going to say, God, I want to serve you. And God has given us this platform called the church to do it. It is so precious. You know, it says in Proverbs that sleep is sweet to the working man, so to speak, paraphrasing that. You know, even in my age now, I can get a good day's work somewhere and I feel like I sleep better. You know what? That's what church is about. Yoking up with Jesus and finding that rest, even in the, in, the, in the ways God has called us to live for him. So may the Lord bless us and thank him for the home sweet home. Whether you're visiting with us, wherever your church, local church might be. But regardless of that, understand that you have the spirit of God within you. Don't underestimate what God is, not, is doing in your life. And as he build up, that's what a church is, a building. You build up others, encourage them in their life, in their way. And the only way to do that is with God, you know. So we see the presence of God, that makes it sweet. We see that's the plan of God. Oh, how sweet the plan of God is. We see the precious, no, the pattern of the church, rather, of being how we want to live our lives. It keeps us in step with God better, it does, than if we don't go. And if we don't embrace the truths of God's holy word. And may it always be precious to us. May the Lord bless us. Thank him for his precious church. One day, Jesus will present it to himself without spot or wrinkle. And it is true. He brings us to the banqueting house. And his banner over us is love. Unconditional, holy love. May the Lord bless you. Would you join with me with a closing prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day. We thank you, Lord, for the blessings of your amazing grace. It is amazing love. It's banqueting love. It's love, O Lord, to be blessed of you because 
We're just the incidentals of this love exchange between you and the Father. Because you, Father, gave your church to your Son. He died for them and gave them back to you. So that precious love exchange means so much. And we, Lord, are thankful that we can just be the recipients of such amazing love. Thank you, Lord. Bless this congregation. Those that joined us in any way, bless this time of fellowship that we might always honor and glorify your holy name. Thank you for the beauty of the season and the sweetness of your church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.